I've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Now we're going to move into the ministries of the Holy Spirit. The gifts, or excuse me, the, the ministry gifts. There are gifts. There are ministry gifts. And we're going to look into them. Y'all ready? Okay, we're going to jump right into... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, welcome to the Indy campus, and I'm locked and loaded, and we're ready for the main course right here. We call it the main course, but we have, we had a lot of main courses. We get to sample everything, praise God. And he himself, everybody say he himself. Thank you, Lord. See, uh, these gifts, they come from the Lord. Uh, you can't call yourself, we're going to see this over and over and over today, summer is good for reading, and uh, I know the kids, are. many of them are going back to school, but it's still summer to me, <laughs> praise God. I like the old days when, it, when we used to go, anybody old enough to remember when you went after Labor Day? Yeah. I wish we could get back to that. It don't matter to me because all my kids are out. We got one more in uh, college, but anyway, summer's good for reading, so we got a lot of scriptures for you to read today. Amen. So um, these gifts we're going to see over and over. They come from the Lord. You 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 don't call yourself to a certain thing, and to you don't call yourself to the ministry. I know when I. <laughs> I start, first started getting into the Word, and I started carrying, a, I bought my first Bible. My mom gave me a Bible when I was 16 years old. I still have it, a living Bible, the red cover. But I never bought a Bible for myself until I gave my life to the Lord uh, in September of 1980. I was five years old. And uh, no, I, but... I, I bought my first Bible in a, a Bible teaching church, and so um, I came back home, and I went to the church I grew up in, and people that knew me saw me with a Bible in my hand, because the church I was going to, when I gave my life to the Lord, they encouraged you to bring your Bibles, and I really appreciate that. That was a light of the world Christian church in Indianapolis. Back then, it was second Christian. And the pastor was Dr. Benjamin, Dr. T. Garrett Benjamin. And uh, we had become friends, and I got to fellowship over his house. Okay, it was, it was really cool. It was a really important time in my life because God used him to, um, get, to turn my life around. And so um, never forget where you come from. So, uh, so yeah, I bought my first Bible. I go back home to the church I grew up in, and they saw me with the Bible in my hand, and they said, you called to preach, aren't you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm just reading my, you know, because I've been taught to take my Bible to church. I, I, didn't, I wasn't taught that growing up. See, growing up, the preacher had the Bible, a real big one. It never left the pulpit. <laughs> anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? 
And people didn't bring, you know, now we're kind of back to that. Nobody brings their Bibles to church. Everybody's got it on their phone now and tablets. But I'm cool as long as you're getting it. But it's not like, not like back then when nobody is just sitting there. It's not like that anymore, right? Because you got access to not just one Bible, all kind of translations on your smartphone. I don't fight it. Amen. I welcome it. Praise the Lord. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I started getting into the Word. And I was taught to bring my Bible to church. But... I didn't know. Now, God had a call on my life. I just didn't know it yet. But I would, the point, my point right here is I didn't want, I, I, I knew enough <clears throat> that I knew that the call came from God. I thought that I was going to be a businessman and just make a lot of money to give to the body of Christ. And some people have, that's a call and that's what they do. And, that, and thank God for people like that. Amen. We have people like that in, in our congregation. Praise God. Uh, amen. So um, anyway, uh, I wasn't going to let anybody call me to the ministry. Nobody can, listen, nobody can call you to the ministry. Man, I just got this hunger for, for people coming to you with all kinds of stuff, trying to preface it. Pastor, I think, I think I'm called. I, I just got this passion, this hunger after the, the Lord and the things of God. What does that mean? It means you're saved. <laughs> Amen. That's not a call. <clears throat> Amen. I just got this burden to help people. The burden is not a call. And some people not knowing the difference Go on, go go to Africa and move their families to another part of the world because they had a burden for Africa. But they get messed up and come home all beat up because they had the burden, but they didn't have the call. <laughs> and if you have the burden, send money to somebody who's got the call, and that'll scratch that itch. I didn't mean to say all that, but uh, anyway, uh, it's the truth, though. I got a lot of things to say because I, I, I've been around long enough. I, I, I think I, I qualify for a senior statesman right now, even though I'm not a senior. You understand? But I qualify to be able to say some things. I've been around long enough. Here's something else. There's a call, and then there's a separation to that call. Let me put a pin there. Let me tell you, with, with me, I, I didn't know I was called until, uh, now I had this hunger and there's this passion for the Lord, but that's not a call. So later, um, in Indianapolis, Indiana, in a small apartment on 79th and Harcourt, I had some buddies, anybody, boy, anybody I could find, I'd share the, share the word with. All my friends, anybody around me, they, they're going to hear the word from me. Now, I don't think I'm called, but I just, I just had a hunger after the, uh, after the things of God. So 
I'd share it with anybody. I'd go and get people filled with the Holy Spirit, man. I'd, go, I'd make house calls. <laughs> I still do that kind of stuff. I love doing that kind of stuff, man. Just going ministering to people one-on-one and stuff. Man, I love that kind of thing. And um, I just love to, uh, to, to share the gospel, to share the word of God. But again, that's not a call. My friends would gather around. I'd share it with them. We'd have, I didn't know how to teach. I'd put, anybody old enough to remember cassette tapes? I'd put a cassette tape in, and I'd play it for my friends. And after that, because I had studied it, but I didn't know how to teach. So I just put that tape in and asked them if they had any questions. Um, Pre-Carla, I was, uh, <laughs> I was dating this girl. She was a singer for the World Action Singers um, of the uh, Oral, Rob- Oral Roberts. It was a singing group. They traveled all over. I met her. Come, she came through the church that I was talking about in Indianapolis, Second Christian, and uh, we ended up dating, and then I ended up going out. Everybody said before Carla. Okay, so then I went out to uh, um, Tulsa. I took vacation. I was working for a tobacco company. And I went on a vacation, and uh, I'll, I'm sharing with you my hunger, a little bit of my testimony. Um, I, I just had such a hunger for the, for the word and for the things of God. See, uh, he that believes on me, Jesus said, people are like, you know, Lord, I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry. You know, Lord, I'm, I just, uh, I, I, I'm hungry. See, the, the Bible says he that believes shall never hunger. Amen. He that believes on me shall never thirst. See, your hunger and thirst is satisfied in Christ. Amen. So uh, I, I went out there, but I, I just wanted more and more, more and more and more of the, of the things of God. So um, I, I so looked forward to that trip. I wanted to see that girl, but boy, she had to, she had to follow me because I was like in a, I found a library or some, not a library, some room where we can be quiet in, uh, at, at Oral Roberts. And I would go in there with a cassette tape player and put some cassettes in and would listen, and I would write, write down detailed notes. And that's how I got started, really, and the Lord was training me then. And one of the reasons I was excited about going out there more than seeing her was the fact that uh, these tapes that I had access to or, or that I was told about, because I was getting ready for church one day, Rewind a little bit. I was getting ready to go, go to church at Second Christian, and I was friends with the associate pastor, Matt Harris. He had a brother. I don't remember his name. His brother was in town from, from, from L.A., and uh, he had, while we were, and I was over Matt's house waiting to go to church. We were going to go to church together, and a tape was playing. I'm going to teach that one day. This, this message that got me turned on to the, to the word of faith. It was called The Enemies of Faith by Fred Price. It was from the 1980, I think it was. I got the album. If you want to see it, I'll bring it out today. I'll let you see it. I got it sitting on my shelf in there. 1980, I think, 80, 81, I think it's 80. 1980, California Regional Faith Convention. And uh, the speakers were Joel, uh, Joel, I was going to say, Joel Osteen's father, his father, John Osteen, Kenneth Hagan, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, and Ken Hagan Jr. Now, the only person I know 
that I wanted to hear was Fred Price because that's the only tape that I heard. He was teaching on the enemies of faith. And uh, he taught, maybe we won't read a lot of scriptures today. <laughs> so he's teaching on the enemies of faith. And he was talking about the children of Israel. First, mess, first faith message I heard, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They could have taken that land that God had given it to them, and, and they could have taken it in 40 days, but it took them 40 years. And be, because God told them to go in and possess the land, which I do give to the children of Israel. But they didn't get it. And all my life, I have been taught that everything that happens to you is the will of God. Something bad happened to you? It was the will of God that that happened. Mm -mm. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. God don't have no bad stuff for you. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted, neither tested. Tempted, tested, trieth he any man. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I heard this guy. I never heard him in my life. I never heard anybody teach the Bible like that. We're going to get into ministry gift. The ministry gift of a teacher. A teacher is a he's a he's a master in the word. He's he he's an instructor in the word of God. He wants you to get it. Hey, we just covered the ministry gift of the teacher right there. That's what he does. Man, he drills in that word, man. And, when, and, and, and he teaches in such a way that you can see it. That's, that's how you know you have a good teacher. And he was teaching that word. And this is what jumped out at me. Thinking all my life up to that point, everything that happened, good or bad, was God's will. My mama used to tell me that. Something disappointing happened, bad thing happened. Well, that was the will of God because it happened. Must have been God's will. But God told them to go and possess the land which I do give, and they didn't get it. Forty years later, God raises up Joshua and said, every place, go and, go and take this land, go into Jericho, go and possess this land of Canaan, every place that the sole of your foot treads on, that have I, past tense, given to you. And he said, when did he give it to them? 40 years ago. But they didn't go in because they got afraid of the giants. And he said, are you going to tell me that it wasn't God's will for them to possess that land? No, it was God's will. He said, which I do give to them. They just didn't go and get it. I said, wow. I ain't never heard nothing like that in my life. Get me that. Where, where did you get those tapes? Well, I got them in Tulsa. Uh, or I got them. He got, he got them at the... Uh, convention, I think, or I don't know how I got it, but I found out that uh, where the ministry headquarters was, Kenneth Hagin, I never heard of him. Later on, I, uh, some of you know, most of you know, I've been to, I went to Ramah and ended up enrolling in that school, but at that time, I, I didn't know anything about Kenneth Hagin. I went out there, so back to the trip. Don't remember the trip to Tulsa? All right, so I went out there, and uh, more importantly than seeing this girl, she was just really a side issue at that point. Because, man, my focus, man, is on the things of God, man. And so I get to Tulsa. I go. I find out where these tapes are. It's on Kenosha in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, suburb of. 
of Tulsa, where the school is. And I went to the ministry office. They didn't have the church then, just a little ministry office. And I went in there, and they had all, all the albums then had one cover. It was just a blue, a blue cover with the face shield on it. And so all these wonderful teachings and things. And I went there, and I asked for the 1980 Regional Faith Convention uh, tapes. And they said, well, sir, we... I didn't realize back then they only made those tapes available at the convention. You couldn't, you can't get them later. And that's what she told me. And man, I was like, well, she said, well, we got all these tapes, a wall full of tapes. I said, I don't want those tapes. I want, <laughs> I want the 1980 California Regional Faith Convention. I want those tapes. I don't know nothing about Kenneth Hagin. I'm only here because I want to get those Fred Price tapes called The Enemies of Faith. That's all I want. And she says, well, sir, we only have those in convention. And she, I, I'm like, how can you turn down a face like this? <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but she must have seen the look on my face. And so she went, she went and called somebody. They went back in some warehouse somewhere. I just waited. I just sat there with my legs crossed. Somebody cross your legs and say, I'm in charge. So, so uh, they came back with that set of tapes. You could have, man, it was like somebody brought me a million dollars. That tape, so why are you telling us all this? Because if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have known me. Now, if you think that's a good thing, praise the Lord. <laughs> Because like it or not, you here, <laughs> right? So what happened was that thing, it was, like, it was like somebody gave me a billion dollars because that launched my ministry right there. Remember I was talking about everybody I, wanted, everybody I came across wanted to share? It was those tapes I was putting in. Then I found out, man, these other guys pretty good too in that album. And boy, I was on fire. Ooh, on fire. Just like I am now. I still got the fire, boy. And I remember going back to Ball State. Because, see, I was fresh out of Ball State, where I used to sell drugs. That's a whole nother story. And I used to go buy drugs from the guy in the Baptist church. He come to church every Sunday. See, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting on the inside of a garage makes you a car. <laughs> I mean, you can go in a garage, vroom, 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 but you're not a car, right? So people can go in church and, you know, you and, but, and, and be dancing in the aisle to the music, but that doesn't make you a Christian. I think there's a lot of people, this is another subject, people talking about losing your salvation. I don't think you can lose it. Because once you're in Christ, once you're born, you can't be unborn. But I think what the issue is with a lot of folks, they're not even saved. That's a whole other subject. But the drug dealer, he was sharp as can be, man. He come to church every Sunday. That's why I went. I know where I can catch him at church. And then at night, we'd get the drugs, take it back to Ball State, and sell it. Amen. Pay our tuition. And with the, 
with the money and then to keep the profit. We took all the money that they give us at the beginning. I guess I shouldn't give anybody these tips. It's unsaved people to take it. And we went and took all of the money that we were supposed to get have for school and go buy drugs with it and um, took the profit, had a big profit. Oh my gosh. And paid Ball State, went on to school, and partied with the rest. What was I talking about? So I go back to Ball State where people knew me. There's a point to this. And they knew me as, you know, a dealer, womanizer. But they had heard that I got saved. So I met with them. In the back of their mind, I know that they thought after I got through talking, I was going to pull some drugs out. We are going to get high, pull some cocaine out or something. It's like, no, I preached the gospel to them guys, man. A room full of guys I used to get high with. I'm sharing the gospel with them. They listen, man. Awesome. But what you know what they wanted? They, I know they wanted some drugs. I didn't have none. But the thing was, they wanted to know if it was real. One of them spoke up that we heard, man, but we, we wanted to know, man, if it was real, man. You really, this it's really true, man. You really into this thing. Huh? Roosevelt Barnes. Amen. Roosevelt used to came, one of our members, he used to come. He came to Eugene Parker invited him to come. And, you, and, and Roosevelt knew me. He said, I knew, I knew you when you was bougie. He'll tell people that. And Roosevelt came. Now, if you know my name, Bougie, then you know a little bit about me, a little bit. So Roosevelt wasn't into the things of God at all. And Eugene told him, invited him to come to church. So where do you go to church? So I go to Summit, I think it was Agape back then. You old if you remember Agape. So, uh, what was I, eight years old when I started, it was Agape. <laughs> and so, check this out. He said, uh, where you go to church? He said, Agape. He said, who the preacher over there? He said, Al Jennings. He said, bougie? He said, oh, I got to go see this. <laughs> I got to see this. <laughs> so, praise God. He came. Amen. All right. I said that all, all that to say this. I, I had a passion for the things of God. But that's not a call. You understand? We should all have a passion for the things of God, man. I mean, Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? But let me get to the call. So I'm, I'm here. Well, where is this in the scripture? He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. This is my ministry give pastor and teacher, okay? Uh, don't let anybody, this is not a ranking. This is a list, but it's not a ranking. And this is going to help you right here. And let me say this before I let you go. Well, we've got some time left, believe it or not. But it seems like I've been talking for half an hour. But anyway, um, yeah, thank you, Jesus. There's people out there who they try to, they go to, my gosh, 
I don't want to step on anybody's toes. And I'm not picking on anybody, but you got to, I'm here to protect you. It's not about them. It's about you. Uh, I'm not, I'm not called to the community. I'm called to a local church. I'm not responsible for anybody else. I'm responsible for this flock. I'm not a co- I'm not a community leader. Sometimes, well, they give awards for the community leaders and things like that. And uh, I'm not offended not to get any awards. I may not ever get a community leader award because I'm not a community leader. <laughs> I am called, in, and this is when you understand the ministry gifts, you'll understand what this is. I ain't got to do nothing about the community. I'm called the pastor. A flock. That's what I'm called to do. I'm not called to, to speak on issues. I'm called to pastor a flock. Now, if the community come in here, then I'm your pastor. <laughs> Amen. I, I stay in my lane, do what I'm called to do. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if I said that stuff right, but do you understand what I'm saying? People say, well, what you going to do about all this fighting in the street? Like I'll do, you know, we'll have community outreaches, you see, things like that, because the church should have impact on the community. You understand? I, I understand that. We have outreaches and things like that, and we want to impact the community. I don't know if I really said that right, but it's just you are in the community. Where do people think y'all live, on the moon? Amen. As you get this word in you, you do what you called to do and affect the community. But see, some people, my, my point is some people think all we'll do, need to do is just go on out there and just do stuff. Get out the church walls. But don't underestimate what happens inside these church walls. Because when you get this word on the inside of you, you will change the world outside of these walls. You understand? But people say, well, what you going to do about... People that don't understand what ministry gets supposed to be. What are you going to do about all this violence in the street? I ain't called to do nothing about it. Some people might not like that. I ain't called to do nothing. I mean, I, I help people. If I see a kid on the street, I'll preach the word to him. That's the answer is the gospel. My, I, I, stay in, I, I teach the word of God. That's what I'm called to do. Am I concerned about all that stuff? Yes. Do I want it to stop? Yes. But just talking about it and marching about it is not going to do anything about it. We got to get the word of God into these kids. Huh? The Jesus is the answer. Everything else is temporary. I hope y'all can hear my heart. But there's people out there, they get, they go to some school and then they get a certificate that says they're a prophet and they're an apostle. All of a sudden, they're trying to tell you what to do. And what I'm, and my whole point is, I'm trying to tell you, I want to protect you because these people that they got, they put print these cards and put titles behind their name and stuff like that, and they think that they can tell you what to do. And I'm going to show you there's a difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the Old Covenant, the prophet of God spoke on behalf of God to the people. 
That's not the New Testament problem. In the New Testament, the Bible says, all shall know me from the least to the greatest. You don't, there, there's no prophet, apostle, evangelist, pastor, and teacher that's in between you and God. The prophet don't speak to the people on behalf of God anymore. God speaks to you directly. A lot of this, as kind as I can be, a lot of this apostle, prophet stuff that's going on right now is nonsense. As you can see in the Bible, these, these ministry gifts exist, but taken to an extreme, they are very damaging to people. How this plays out is, I'm a prophet, and I got this word for you, and you ain't heard nothing about it yourself until he came along and told it to you. And then he tried to enforce this on you because he said, well, I'm a prophet. Basically what he's saying, well, you just a, you ain't no prophet. You ain't even a ministry gift. So I'm a prophet, and I know I heard from God. Just tell him, you know, sir, ma'am, have a nice day. Huh? Because, see, people, man, they can mess some stuff up. This lady met me in the hallway. She called herself a prophetess. She met me out in the hallway, and she said, um, the Lord told me to tell you that uh, he's going to change your denomination. I said, sister, I'm not in a denomination. She said, well, oh, well, I mean, well, no, you already messed it up, see. Have a nice day. See, be kind to people, but don't receive their words. Anything somebody, any, any word anybody gives you needs to be a confirmation. Um, these old folks, somebody, some, somebody don't know what I'm talking about. I ain't studying what people say about it. Huh? Thank you, Lord. God speaks to you directly. You're his sheep and you know his voice. Amen. God speaks to you directly. Somebody says something to you, I don't care who they are, and God hadn't already spoken to you, just forget about it. Don't lose a wink of sleep over it. <laughs> Amen. Just know that they're a nonprofit corporation. It just... Leave it alone. So, um, yeah. Have I finished my story yet? Huh? Thank you. No, I didn't. I know I left off somewhere. So I got, I'm teaching the, um, I'm teaching the word. Okay, yeah. So one day, and actually it goes right along with this verse right here. In verse 11, I didn't know, the only thing I knew about preaching and preachers and ministry gifts, and people would ask me, are you called to the ministry? I said, no. And um, because only the only reference I had was people hollering. And people, even to this day, they say I can't preach because that's what they think preaching is. And if you don't tune up, oh, I heard that Al Jenny, he can't preach. 
But what they mean is, according to their definition, I can't. I, you know, I don't know how to do that stuff. And that's why I thought I wasn't called. Now, I wasn't called because of all that passion I had. I'm called because the Lord had a calling on my life. You understand what I'm saying? The Lord had a call on my life. Now, I didn't recognize it until I was reading, and, and um, <laughs> I was reading my Bible one day, and I was reading Ephesians 4. Now, my reference point, point to preaching was people hollering and hooping and hollering. I was like, no, I'm, that's not me. But I was reading this verse. Nobody taught it to me. I never had any teaching like I'm teaching you now about ministry gifts. And I'm reading, and it said, He himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. When I saw that word teachers, I said, whoa! That's what I do right there. That's me right there. That's me right there. I got so excited. Nobody taught me. Amen. I was like, damn, I'm, I'm a teacher right there. I didn't know about the pastor yet. That came later. But man, was I so excited. And I started functioning and operating in my gift. And when people showed up to our, uh, I mean, Bible studies, I started having Bible studies. And people flocked. People invited people. We had 30-some people in a home. My goodness. And it was awesome. And... uh and I just started exercising my gift and developing that gift. So, y'all ready to get started? We've got about a few minutes left. And he himself gave, uh, some, if you listen, there's a lot in that. Don't think, well, I didn't get nothing today. Well, if you're open, if you shut yourself off, you're not going to get anything. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, and tells us what they're for. And not to tell you what to do. It doesn't say, for the telling of the saints how to live their life. It's not my job to tell you how to live your life. But I'm here to equip you for what? <clears throat> to work in, for the work of the ministry. There's the community work right there. It's not the pastor's job, it's your job. It's your, your job to go out there and affect, affect the community and do what you call to do. For the equipping of the saints, to equip you. You know, you're getting an equipping right now. I'm not here hollering at you, <laughs> screaming at you. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. See, some people read that he gave these ministry gifts for three things for, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's actually not how that reads. Uh, let me... Uh, didn't plan to go here, but it won't take me long. Remember in the old days when you turn in your Bibles? Okay, turn in your Bibles. Anybody have a smartphone? Let's pull up uh, this verse out of the Amplified Bible. Praise God. You getting something? Say amen. Okay. It reads this way. 
not going to read all of this, but. And he did this, verse 12, to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service, to build up the body of Christ. So God gave these ministry gifts to equip and perfect God's people for works of service. So it's not the pastor's job, the prophet's job, and none of these ministry gifts job to do the work of the ministry. It's to equip you to do the work. So we got work to do, and we do it by his grace, like Paul said. He said, I am who I am by the grace of God. See, it's not, it's not I, but it's the grace of God that's within me. He said, I mean, I, I, I work more than all of them. He said, but yet not I, but the grace of God is with me. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or a mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How many of you know we're, we're still growing? We're still learning? Amen. We're to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, that, that we come to this full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. This is what's happening with a lot of people right now. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by tricks. Men got tricks. And that's what I want to help you in teaching this is to get to, to avoid these tricks because folk will try to trick you in the cunning craftiness of deceitful uh, plotting. Now, notice that these five ministry gifts, apostle, everybody say apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Now, keep that in mind. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. We're almost done here. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God, now, he's going to list these ministry gifts again. He's going to mention three of them by name and two of them by function. He appointed these in the church. Notice, God gave these ministry gifts. He himself gave. Remember that in Ephesians? Okay, in Ephesians 4. Now, here it's saying the same thing. Who appointed these? Do you call yourself? No, God appointed these. First, what? Apostles, second, pro this is not a ranking. It's like I went to apostle school, and your pastor, he's just a pastor. I know more than him. See, people try to skip. Remember, you thought I forgot. There's a call. I did forget, but thank God for the Holy Spirit. There's a call, and there's a separation. But in between there, there's a preparation some people don't want to do. They want to go take five classes and go to a school for three months and get it, somebody give them a certificate to stay an, an apostle. All somebody can do, I'm not against certificates and license to ministry and ordinations and all that is proper, but all that, all that is is to acknowledge a call that is already there, not to call somebody. You can't go to apostle school and learn how to be a prophet. It's a gift of God. In case somebody get mad at me, let me say it again. You can't go 
to school to learn how to be an apostle or a prophet or a pastor. Now, I went to school, and you can go to school to, to learn more about your calling, but you can't go to school to get the call. And some people, I wish there was a machine we can hook people up to. To determine whether or not they're called. Because see, some people, they, you know, they weren't sent. They just went. And that's how people all jacked up. And I mean, there's congregations all over the people that are not called that are teaching them. They, I mean, somebody told me, man, if somebody said they're a pastor, they don't even know how to read. And I mean, I, I, then I don't mean any disrespect, but you you gotta know, you gotta know how to read some kind of way. I mean, you, you got to study this thing. You think I just get up and say, like, how long will it take you to prepare for this? You, I can't. You just, I've been preparing for over 30 years for, for this right here. You, I just didn't pull this out this week. It may take me an hour to throw some scriptures together, but, but what you get right now is because I'm called. I can't, I can't, I can't remember all that stuff. I can't remember. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm, I'm bragging on the Holy Spirit. I can't do this. Do you understand that? I, I don't know how to pull all these things up and put them together and make it a mess. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And you may be sitting there half asleep, but there's sometimes pe people will come up to me and they'll say, like, Pastor, you said, man, you're sharing your testimony in one thing that blessed me. See, you're not the Holy Spirit. So why just sit there and chill and get something? Like Miss Lee would come to my Bible study. She said, every time I come, I always get something. <laughs> you ain't got to get everything. Just get something. Get what the Lord has for you and walk out bold. Yeah, get something and walk out of here with something. Don't just sit there talking about when is he going to quit. <laughs> See, don't, don't miss what, what God has for you. God appointed these. You see, nobody can, you give you a certificate, it's not going to, it's not going to, but, but there are people who think, I'm telling you now. They think they're over me because they're an apostle and they got this certificate. And they're third degree bishop or all this nonsense. I ain't studying you, man. I just, look, go on somewhere with that. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Some of these people, you sitting right here, and I'm going to brag on you, but I'm really bragging on Jesus. You know more than some of these people going around talking, calling themselves apostles. And you might have a hair salon. You sit there doing somebody's hair and, and making them look pretty and everything like that, and just some prophetess and some apostle, and they went to some school. And if you really break it down as far as Bible knowledge, you know more than they do. Now you gotta study this word. You just you can't just can't just throw, go through it nine months and be something. God appointed these in the church: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Those are three that are listed right there in Ephesians. Remember, what two are missing? 
by name. Evangelist and pastor, but they're there by function. Miracles and gifts of healings, that we're going to see later, are the office of the evangelist. I'm going to give you scripture for that. And then, then, then this leaves only one more gift. So this must belong to the gift of the pastor primarily. I know there's, there's helps, which we call volunteer ministry, but these other ministry gifts can have these, uh, can have helps, all right, and these other things, but they're seen mostly in the office of a pastor. Helps. I mean, you know, pastor has to have some help. Administrations, varieties of tongues, okay? Um, speaking in tongues, interpretation, those things primarily happen in the uh, context of a local church. Now, last thing I want to say, I'm going to pack my bags and get up out of here. You see that word volunteer ministry? Don't downplay that. This list, contrary to what other people think, is not a ranking. Like if I'm an apostle, I'm higher than you. And see people go around, oh yeah, I'm an apostle, so I'm the first gift. I'm I'm the one, I'm 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 a higher rank. See? And that, then they, that's where they get this stuff from. But it's not, this is just a list. It's not a ranking. First apostles, second prophets. Now, Jesus operated in all the gifts. Now, there's some people going around thinking that I got all, I, I'm in, I, I have all. Now, let me tell you, if you haven't met these people, thank God. But these people are around. They say, I got all nine ministry, spiritual gifts, and I'm a, I, I function in all five other ministry gifts. No, you lying. <laughs> oh, go on somewhere. Go sit down somewhere. Go drink you a latte, man. But, but this is important because if you're a volunteer ministry, if, if, if you work in the cafe or if you greet people at the door, you work in the sound ministry, you working in the bookstore, you up here singing, that helps. Because you're helping. You've got just as much anointing as the apostle. You've got just as much anointing as I do. Now, where in the Bible are you reading this stuff that, okay, this is prophet got more anointing than the then the evangelist and the evangelist got more anointing than the pastor. And the pastor's got more. You see that you see that that right along in here with apostles and prophets and so forth, you got the volunteer ministry. And when you're volunteering, understand what you're doing is important. And you get you stand up to the plate and you get ready, just like I get ready to come in here, do what I do. You come and get ready to stand there at that door and greet people. And when people are operating and they're anointing, how oh how wonderful it is. Because I've seen people, uh, somebody said, you know what, so-and-so greeted me, and they called the person's name. Somebody greeted me at the door. I, I was just so, um, I was welcomed. And as a pastor, that brings me joy. You know what happened? Because you were operating in your anointing. And sometimes they come back and they're like, I, don't, I didn't really understand what pastor was saying, but that, those people sure were friendly to me. 
So don't think what you do is insignificant in the body of Christ. Every person has their part. You down there ministering to those children. I see you. I'm up here, but I see you. But more importantly, God sees you. And God is not unrighteous. And he, he has rewards for the faithful. He said, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love that you've shown toward his name and that you minister to the saints and do minister. You know why that's important? Because see, some of y'all, you don't, you don't see yourself in the same anointing as me. Or you see somebody, man, they're functioning that gift and they're teaching that. Woo! You don't, want to, you don't want me up here singing, do you? Now, I might sing every once in a while, put up, you'll put up with it, but you, you don't want a regular dose of, diet of it. Amen, you want them up here because they're functioning and operating in their gift. Man, look at Canaan up here, man. Can't teach that. Come up out of him. That's him. We've got other singers don't operate like that, but they're just as anointed. Isn't this refreshing? It is refreshing, man. And so you can just step into whatever God has called you to do, man. And just you might be in a business meeting. And see, you have the same, you have an, you have the same anointing as me. You go into the business meeting. See, if you don't, you can't operate in something that you don't recognize you have. And you sit there in a business meeting, you got to go in there and know, I am anointed. <laughs> man, come on. Man, you're come on, you, you got a meeting with an important client, man. You're just like, you know what? The favor of God is all, I am dripping wet with the favor of God, with the anointing of God. Ooh, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling it for you up here right now. The blessing of God is on my head. When you get ready to talk to somebody, you get ready to go into a bank, and you're getting ready to go, and they're trying to qualify you for a loan. It's like, I'm coming in here. I'm already qualified by God. So I'm giving you an opportunity. You got an opportunity to do business with me. I'm trying to figure out which bank I'm going to go to. And you better be happy I picked you first. So you got to go in there with some confidence, with some boldness. The righteous are bold as a lion. Come on, somebody. Function and operate in what God has called you to do. See, I can't do what you I can't do what you can do. I'm in awe when I see some of y'all functioning and operating in the gifts and some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth. And, and it's just like, man. Awesome. I can see God all over you. Go and run with that thing. Amen. Some of you got God-inspired ideas that'll make people millions of dollars. Man, the world does it. I heard Stevie Nicks. Some of y'all are not old enough to know who Stevie Nicks is. Some of y'all don't know about it. Matt knows what I'm talking about. Stevie Nicks was singing. She said, I was, I was cleaning houses. She, and, uh, let me educate you. Fleetwood Mac, back in the day. Was, uh, Google it. <laughs> Stevie Nicks, man. 
Carla don't know nothing about. I was playing Stevie Nicks on the way home, keep me awake. She was asleep around, put some Stevie Nicks on, man. I don't listen to spiritual music all the time. Some people get mad. See, he, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't anointed. See, listen, Stevie Nick. Ain't going somewhere, man. I ain't studying you. So, Stevie Nicks, Trace, Trace don't know what I'm talking about. You know, Stevie Nicks, she said she was cleaning houses and um, a waitress working like a dog, and they invited her to be in the group Fleetwood Mac. And in seven months, she was a millionaire. So why couldn't God do something like that for you? She was cleaning houses, two jobs. Well, she had a roommate that wasn't, wasn't cleaning, so she had to clean her house, and, but she had a gift to sing. She's working as a waitress. Falls up in a group. She wasn't even supposed to be in the group. They, they invited her roommate, her living partner, to be in a group, and he said, can Stevie come? Said, yeah, she come. Seven months, she's a millionaire. Now, that may not sound like much money right now, but back then, that's, we, we, we're talking about late 70s. In seven months, God can do a quick work with you. If you woke, oh, that's biblical. Being woke is biblical. Awake to righteousness. Oh, y'all missing. Awake to righteousness. What? Awake to what? Awake to the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody, I dare you, somebody, rate your righteousness on a scale of 1 to 10. I said 10. Don't y'all get deep on me. <laughs> you got a 10. Because it's not based on what you do. It's based on what Jesus has done. 